is no shortage of questions in this world. People are confused, people are unsure, people are curious. And this is seen nowhere more clearly than Reddit. This week, we are returning to a few question-based subreddits to see if we can help people find some answers. Are you ready? It's time to wake up. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Wakey, wakey. Time to get up. Good morning, citizens. Open at them. Fresh and shine. This is your wake-up call, people. Come on. The coffee's on. We're going to get you guys circulating on Christian radio. I understand young people. I know what's hip. I know what's on. I know what's lit. I know what's fleet. What's up, my I'm a nerd, and uh, I'm pretty proud of it. Rise and shine, nerds. You're tuned in to the Back Row Morning Show, <laughs> proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and a nerd culture missionary here at LTN. I'm a third-generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. And I'm Mo, chief cohort and crazy, here to bring the facts and fire to your day, enjoying my cup of coffee. The Back Row Morning Show is a Monday through Thursday show on LTN Radio that covers a wide range of topics from all across church and pop culture, and we usually take a topic in fours, four segments focusing on different aspects of our weekly discussion. This week, there are only three due to the holiday on Monday. You're listening to a compilation of the main topic segments from this past week's morning shows. This week, we're returning to Reddit to answer more of their questions. Before we jump into our discussion, Mo and I have a side venture called Backrow Games, home of several Christian tabletop games, including our two most popular, Judge Not and Sunday School Answers. Sunday School Answers is the original Christian knockoff of Cards Against Humanity. All the awkward fun without the need to bathe in bleach afterwards to get all the sit off. We just released two new booster packs packs, the Y2K pack, all about the year 2000, and the TV pack, full of references from fan-favorite shows. Yeah, yeah. We're working on three new expansions and one big project. Actually, two big projects, you know? Two of them. First, the new expansions, we've got the Gamer Deck, which is a double deck uh, with 105 new cards. Uh, yeah, double decker deck. We have, I've just finalized that. We've got the prototype coming soon in the mail. Uh, should be available hopefully within a month. Uh, and uh, we've made that in conjunction with the Love Thy Nerd community. And then shortly after that, we'll have the spoiler deck. I am almost done. Uh, building that one uh, behind the scenes here. And uh, that's an idea from Bubba, <laughs> from Church Nerds. He Every answer card is a spoiler to a movie, a TV show, or a video game. And then finally, we should have the first weird news pack coming out in a few months where all the cards are based on weird news stories and share... Uh, or sorry, that we share on the Back Row Morning Show. The big project we're working on is the Sunday School Answers Love Thy Nerd edition. It is... Addition? Addition. Yeah. Okay. Addition. It sounds like I'm saying addition. Addition, but it's edition. Okay. Anyway, it's full. <laughs> it's a full deck of 612 cards where we've combined all the nerdiest expansions and boosters into one box. 12 of our expansions in one single box. These will be given away at this year's LTN Con, and they will also be for sale for a limited time and will be the perfect nerdy companion (laughs) to our core game. You almost said a different word. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Uh, We also are working on a a similar (laughs) package uh, for like just kind of church-based cards. So like we know we have a lot of like nerdy and pop culture based 
expansions, and that's kind of what that whole Love Thy Nerd edition will be. But we have uh, started working on, and this will be out relatively soon too, probably within a month as well, the Sunday School Answers Plus core game. So this will be our basic core game, which comes with 400 cards, but we will also have seven mostly church-based expansions added in to give you a complete full box already. And so uh, I don't have the list of everything that's going to be in that, but uh, it is, you know, obviously more expensive, but in the long run, you're saving, I think, like 24% uh, were you to buy the core deck and all of the expansions separately. So it'll be a good deal uh, if you want to quickly build up your box full of cards. So uh, listen for more on that. I don't have this on my script. It's just something that we, I started working on. We don't have a script so. anyway. We have an outline. <laughs> and in case you didn't know, you can check it all out and get your copy of Sunday School Answers at BackRowGames.com. This week, we are once again invading Reddit to answer some pressing questions. Today, we invade the subreddit, No Stupid Questions, to, well, see if that's true. So we're going to ask these questions and see what we think of them, give our best answer. All right. Discuss. 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 Uh, <laughs> so first question, if I buy a house, what's to stop me from immediately renting out the rooms for higher than I pay for the mortgage? Nothing. Pretty much nothing. Yeah. Like you'll you'll have to be, like you're technically a renter at that point, and so there are some rules that you have to follow, and things. A landlord. Right. right, right a right, landlord right, right, at right, that right, point. Right. Yeah. But uh, like, and, and they will vary, like where you where you live and what state you're in. But for for honest. Okay, I take that back. There's also probably going to be some areas that are like in homeowners associations or whatever that don't allow that kind of thing. And some mortgage um, mm-hmm. companies won't allow that kind of thing. And some right. insurance companies won't allow that kind of thing. But I feel like in most cases, there's nothing stopping you from doing that. Yeah. Uh, so I actually knew several people in college who did this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, if that's cool with you, if having two relative strangers living in your house is something you're fine with, that's a great way to pay that mortgage. And to be completely fair, I, I honestly think that it's also wise because, you know, when, when you purchase a home and you're paying the mortgage, you are the one living in it, then there are always going to be things that are going to arise that need to be fixed. Yeah or need to be maintained, need to be taken care of. And sure, when it is you yourself that is causing the damage, regardless of how big or little it is, yeah, you're going to have to pay for it. Yeah. But when you have renters living in your home, whether you're completely renting out the entire house or you're just renting them a room, I think that it's wise to charge a little more than what most people would deem as fair Mm-hmm. Or equal, because you're then basically covering the insurance costs if anything mm-hmm. were to ever happen. Now, that being said, don't get greedy, because right. then, then you become a jerk. A jerk. Which we had, <laughs> we had a a guy in our town who was taking advantage of like Indian people, not like Native Americans, but Indians that were coming over to our town to be teachers. Uh, by renting them a room in his big house, and there was like several rooms, 
and charging them a ridiculous amount of money for this room. Like as much as some would pay for a house to rent here uh, in our town. And then not even like letting them do normal things like cook food. Uh, like if it wasn't microwavable or if you weren't bringing it out from, you know, outside, you weren't allowed to like cook food there, which was stupid. Mm-hmm. Then he had all these rules and he was taking advantage of the fact that they didn't really know any different. Uh, and that became like a ministry of my in-laws for several, several years of trying to get people out of that house mm-hmm. and get that house shut down, which I believe they finally did. Yeah. Um, but they also then had a few Indian people living with them at all times for about a decade, uh, which was interesting and fun. And we made a, quite a lot of friends. In fact, we visited a few of those uh, friends that moved to Albuquerque um, when we went down for a dangerous trip. Yeah. Yeah. When our kids played and everything. It was fun. <sighs> but uh, yeah. So I agree with you. Do they have the daughter, Andrea? Thing. No. No. Okay. This is the one. Um, oh, okay. I yeah, know. yeah. The one that, that came over for grandbaby night and everything. Yeah. With our family. Um, <laughs> all right. Next question. If my debit card says it expired 622, hmm? does it expire on 60122 or 63122? Why are you laughing? That's a good question. It's a great question. It's a legitimate question. So here's, here's the answer. I know the answer to this. Okay. Technically... It goes all the way through the end of the month. Okay. However, there are at least a handful of businesses online or even in real life that will automatically register your card as expired as of the first day of the month. Huh. Because I had a debit card that expired in March of this year, but it was supposed to be March 31st. And uh, I couldn't pay two of my bills with that card. Because it said it expired. And I'm like, what's the deal? So I had to call the bank and reconfirm that. I'm like, oh, yeah, you still should be able to use it. Well, they ain't letting me. Can you send me the card faster, please? Well, I can't. <laughs> you lied. Yeah. So it's a frustrating thing. I would have never thought of this. I, I guess I'm just one of those people that's like, it's going to expire next month. I need to get a new one. And so before. So you just call and ask for one before yeah. they ship it, ship it out on their own? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Also took like a month for my card to get there because like I called about that on the fourth of the month. They said, oh, yeah, it looks like the card got sent out two days ago. And it was like the 30th when I got it in the mail. And I'm like, this bank is in my state. <laughs> How long does mail take? Why is it taking? Well, I, <laughs> I mean, know mail actually, slowed down in there, our town, it does. Yeah. It, it's dumb. All right. Next question. Is cornbread a good option to bring to a cookout potluck? Yeah. You don't agree? To a cookout potluck? Heck, heck yeah. Think of anything you're going to have at a cookout. It'll all go good with cornbread. <laughs> no. Yeah. Sorry. Burgers, hot dogs, baked beans, and cornbread. Sounds great. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't sound good at all. That's fantastic. I mean, it doesn't sound bad, but it definitely does not go. It is not a... What's for dinner tonight? Hamburgers, chips, mac and cheese, and cornbread. Heck what? Yeah. No. Heck yes. Heck no. Yes. Everything Matt. you just said Mm-mm. makes perfect sense. No, it doesn't. 
It does it not. It really does. <laughs> no. Uh. To bring it to a potluck, yes. Absolutely. 100%. Because there's going to be something there at a traditional potluck. You know, everybody brings fried chicken to a potluck. So, yeah. yeah. Fried chicken and cornbread? Uh-huh. Check. <laughs> Not hot dogs and cornbread. A lot of sass in that check. (laughs) Not brats and cornbread. Not hamburgers and cornbread. Uh, I'll make a hamburger with the cornbread. If they're cooking steak, possibly. How is that any different? It is vastly different. Vastly different. Meat is meat. No. What if they're doing grilled chicken? Grilled chicken is fine. Okay. Here's the thing. That could be there. Matt, I was just about to ask you a question and then remembered that you were on keto. So anybody who's not on keto, when you make a hamburger, Mm -hmm. you put your hamburger between what? Two slices of bread. Yes. Okay. Uh I don't want a sandwich with a side of bread. But cornbread is different than bread bread. No, it's not. It very it's much still... is. I know it's a, It's still a, but it's not like a, it's not anywhere close to a bun or a roll or a slice of bread. It's a completely different consistency, texture, corn... flavor, everything. If the cornbread is made properly, then I can cut myself a slice and then I can cut that slice in half and I can use it like a bun. Heck no, 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 no. Yes. Cornbread is supposed to crumble upon being cut. Mm, no. Yes. How much southern cornbread have you ate, my friend? So much. Mm. I've lived here my whole life. Oh Miss East Coast. This is what drives me crazy. <laughs> this is what drives me crazy. Cornbread is not a southwestern. Oh, goodness gracious. It very much is. It's part of Tex-Mex culture. <laughs> it is. No. I will guarantee Google you. Google it. You Google okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Let's look it up. I guarantee you it started in the southeast. I know it started in the southeast, but it has been acclimated by this area for a long time. Cornbread, a Tex-Mex food. Tex-Mex cornbread, chili cheese cornbread, all kinds of cornbread. Tex-Mex sure, cornbread. It has, it has Tex-Mex variations cornbread. that are southwestern. But I'm saying... It's still the same. No, it's, it's not. Cornbread, it's cornbread, Mo. No, it's not. Oh, my gosh. Cornbread is not cornbread. All right, I'm going to move on before I <laughs> launch you out of this office. <laughs> I'll leave. Is viruses mutating a sign that evolution is real for those who don't believe in it? Okay. So here's the thing. I'm about to say something and then I'm going to have to like explain myself. Evolution is real. Things evolve over time. Things change. Things adapt. Okay? Yes. That does not mean that we evolved from apes. Just because things are constantly evolving and constantly adapting because environment changes, whatever, that does not mean that that is where we created, where we were created. It doesn't mean that creationism is not accurate. Evolution, yes. Creation, yes. 
they are not separate, but they are not what the world evolution is not what the world has created it to be. So yeah, viruses are going to evolve <laughs> over time. No, that does not mean that we came from apes. So a lot of what, um, like, yes, there have been mutations, of course, of viruses, but actually I think what occurs more often than not is that there have already been these different versions of the virus. It's that some of them die out, some of them get vaccinated, you know, vaccines, and some of them don't and continue to grow and spread. And we think, oh, the virus changed and it didn't really. It's just the dominant strain, you know, became more prevalent. But still, whatever the case, what you're saying is, yes, uh, what creationists tend to call microevolution is very much a thing. Change within a species is a thing. We, we see that on a regular basis. We've always seen that. Mm -hmm. That has never been in question because it's verifiable. Change from a species to another species has never been verified. Uh, you have been told in school your entire life that we have all this evidence, all this proof, uh, all these this fossil record and all this. But what you haven't been told is that all of that stuff is literally changed and rewritten almost every year. What evolution is purported to be today is completely different from what it was 10 years ago, completely different from what it was 10 years before that, completely different from what Darwin said. The only problem is they don't tell you that. They don't tell you about the failings. They don't tell you about the flaws. You have that uh, evolution of man chart where they have all the different skeletons and whatever that they found. Most of that stuff has huge flaws in it that put it in question. In fact, almost every single one of those things is in question. One of them is just a straight up human that had rickets. One of them is a straight up monkey. One of them, which is, uh, let's see, Australopithecus, it was all, that's like the, the Lucy, that's mm -hmm. the big famous one. Mm -hmm. That one was, was heavily based on the fact that they found a kneecap that they say came from the same skeleton. There's not a whole lot of bones, but that kneecap was something very important. What they don't tell you is that they found that kneecap 100 feet deeper in the ground and a mile away from the rest of the skeleton. There's no evidence to prove that that is a part of that. <sighs> Most of these skeletons are like fragments of pieces of bone. Not full skeletons whatsoever, but they take it and they build it and they think what it's supposed to be and draw. The issue with all of this comes down to the fact that most of evolution's proofs that we have out there are based on the fact that before you even do any of the carbon dating or any of the anything else, you already have to input where you think this lines up in time. Carbon dating, if you just do it blindly, comes back with wildly different results if you send it to several different carbon dating labs. And they've done this many, many times. They've done this on living things. They, they did tests on like living mollusks that came back as 800,000 years old. Like none of this has been perfect. The problem is they only give you enough information for you to be convinced that, yeah, we have all this proof, we have all this evidence. I've done multiple, multiple reports on all this. Now, I'm not saying that creationism doesn't have its flaws either. Creationism, uh, as presented by a lot of, uh, like Ken Ham and the others, a lot of that is, oof, some of it's a stretch. 
Uh, and some of it is not the, like, they have a lot of gotcha things that aren't really gotcha things. Um, but what I really, what it really comes down to here is we don't know and we can't know, and we're never going to know. We can't know exactly how it happened. We weren't there. Was it a literal six days of creation? Was it time, you know, was it, was that, a, you know, a day is a thousand years mm -hmm. over time kind of thing? We don't know. We can't know. There are theories and reasoning behind why people choose one way or the other. I get it. But essentially, evolution is just as much of a religion as creationism is because there's so much blind faith involved. That's as far as I'm going to go. If you want to have a deeper discussion about that in the future, I will gladly give it to you. But, uh, yeah. There, Great job. There we go. Mm -hmm. <sighs> All right. Next question. <laughs> What? Well, <laughs> just changing wildly with the importance uh -huh. of this. Why do people dislike self checkout registers so much? Do you like self checkout registers? I hate self checkout. Oh, registers. why? Because I do not get a W two from Walmart <laughs> or Albertsons. I am not employed by them. <clears throat> Therefore. I will continue to let the cashiers do their job and check me out. Don't you find it much like, I guess if you're getting, I mean, getting the week's worth of groceries, the full cart, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not going to try and that. And that is a, like, that is the, okay, sorry. Go ahead. Keep going. Go ahead. Keep going. But if I'm just running in for a few things, it's so much faster to use the self-checkout. Okay. I can see that. Okay. And I won't argue that point. Okay. One of the first times that I was going to use a self-checkout, I was in a hurry. And I was like, you know what? I just got to get these couple of things. Leave. I get in line at the only self-checkout for whatever reason that was working that day. And a woman is buying her entire week's yeah. worth of groceries. Yeah. And that drives me crazy. That's like the people that go on the Sonic drive through line and order food. Anyway, <laughs> it's a fast food restaurant. It has a drive through for a reason. It does not specifically say anywhere that the drive through is only for drinks. Nonetheless, uh, I've stopped doing that. Oh, but I'm proud of you. <laughs> thanks. However, back to the self-checkout. Here, okay, if I am in such a hurry that I can't wait in line and behind in a regular line, then I don't need to be at the store. Hmm. I just don't. If I can't take that time in line to find some amount of joy and interact with the people around me, I don't need to be at the store. That's just how I, that is my personal opinion. You have to go, you have to be ready to interact with people to Here, go to the store? I have to re be ready to be kind to people. Oh, okay. I get you. I get you. I get you. I'm not going to stand in line and <sighs> the whole time. That drives me crazy. <laughs> I came to Walmart. I knew what I was in for. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I also am of the opinion that if I need to be in a super hurry, there are other stores that I can run into where I can get exactly the same thing that I would get at Walmart. And not have to wait the 45 minutes or whatever it is to check long. out. <laughs> it 
15 is not unheard of. Hey, it, at, around Christmas, <laughs> oh, well, you're yeah. in line for 45 minutes. Yeah, Christmas, you got to you gotta go late at, late at night. Yeah, well, <laughs> early, early in the morning or really late at night. If you're a man, then you can go late at night. It always, like, all the stories that you hear about and things that you read about... <sighs> Women in stores and being followed and all of that I've stuff. I've never always... heard any story like that, like in a Walmart. Yes. Wow, well, I just I've never seen him. It's actually happened to Janet Berkey several times. Really? Yes. Weird. Uh huh. So anyway, um, <laughs> self checkouts. <laughs> back to self checkouts. Basically, I don't like self checkouts because I don't work for that store. Gotcha. I will continue to allow the people who work for the store to earn their paycheck. I I like them for. Handful of things, um, but I do not like them for full carts, especially because like at Walmart, they do have full cart checkouts, self checkouts, like with belts and everything. But those ones are not like they don't have an attendant watching mm -hmm. over them all the time. And because of that, they turn up the security measures on that one. So if you don't perfectly bloop your little item, like if you fumble for it or you have to like turn the box around a hundred times to find where the thing is, it thinks you're trying to cover up the actual UPC code with the fake UPC code for something cheaper. And it says, awkward scan, assistance uh, coming. And it won't let you move on. And it actually like films a recording both above your head and right where your hands are and loops that, that the little attendant can come over and see to make sure you weren't stealing something or pulling a fast one. And wow! I like I tried that one time, and I tried like, to steal something. No. One time. <laughs> <laughs> I tried that checkout one time. That happened to me seven times on the belt, to the point where that convinced me, nope, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. this is torture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Who knows where the thing? I again, I don't work here. Just like you said, I don't know where all the barcodes on everything right. is. Yeah. <laughs> so I had to like after that seventh time, I'm like, okay. Pull every individual item out very slowly, point that barcode perfectly out, stand fully back, slowly move towards it, bloop. Okay, perfect. Put it down really quickly. Okay. <laughs> sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, you've been doing that a lot. I know. And I'm, I keep saying I'm sorry. And I am genuinely I sorry. Okay. So here's something that I, a little bit of just a little bit of kindness that I'm going to pass on to everybody else, okay? Mm, okay? You can choose to participate or not. But because I don't do self-checkout, and I know that the cashiers deal with a wide range of people on a regular basis. I used to work retail. I know what it's like, okay? One kind thing that you can do for your cashier, when you take your bag off of the cart... You take your items out of your bag and you put it into your cart off of the, what is that little, the little bag cart. That's what I'm talking about. The little wheel thing that spins Thank with you. all the bags yeah. on it. Uh -huh. Yeah. Open up that next bag for them. You take your bag, open up the next bag that's behind your bag. Mm. It just makes their job that much easier. I feel like the bags are supposed to do that automatically. But they don't. Mm. Okay. They don't. And I always pull it to where it's like completely open so that there's not even any question or they don't have to reach their hand down in. It's already nice and open. They can just plop whatever's coming right inside that bag. Don't even have to worry about it. I have actually had several cashiers that have noticed me doing that and they've stopped and they're like, 
Thank you. <laughs> that that's actually really helpful, and you're welcome. <laughs> All right, we are uh, we're approaching twenty minutes. So let's do some rapid fire here. Okay. Uh, are the different shapes of pasta meant to taste different? I don't know. Not really. Uh, is it weird that I'm sad when I hurt anyone, even if they hurt me? No, that's not weird. No, that's not weird. That means you have a soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, does anybody dance as they walk? Is dance walking a thing? Yes, I 100%. do. At Walmart, All I'm wearing the time. my earbuds. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> I do it involuntarily. It's the only way that I make it through the school day. <laughs> uh, what is the nut for in Honey Nut Cheerios? I looked it up and it says it doesn't even contain nuts, but it doesn't answer my question as to why it was there in the first place. Didn't you have this question recently? Something similar? I don't know. Probably. You're like, it I never taste like any question. nuts and Honey Nut Cheerios. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, that's because they're not there. I don't know why it's in there. Um, but yeah, that's weird. What do cats think when we lick them? Who the heck is licking their cat? <laughs> that's what they think. Who is licking me? Why are you licking me? What have you done? <laughs> What, uh, why is it considered bad to bring up an upcoming holiday at the end of a job interview? Such as, like, you know, I've, I'm going on a trip, you know, next week. So if you give me this job, I can't be here this week. So I, if I were hiring the person, I would not think that it was a bad thing. Honestly, I would be thankful that they were willing to be transparent and let me know, you know, hey, I. I can. I would love to take this position, but just so you're aware, I won't be available at this point. I would think it's a great thing. But for whatever reason, bosses tend to think that those beneath them shouldn't have vacations and shouldn't take time off. So how dare you? You haven't even. You well, don't even have this job yet, and you're already talking about time off? Yeah, okay. There are some jobs that like you have to work there for a year before you even earn like vacation time. <clears throat> this would be the lower paying jobs like restaurants, you know, fast food and stuff like that. Right. But at the same time, if you know that there's a wedding coming up or, you know, you're you have a graduation that you have to attend or something. Right, right. No, I get it. I really do get that. I'm just saying like if you're if you're in a high turnover position already, like you're leading a fast food restaurant, you need people that are going to be there and going to be dependable. If someone comes to you saying, yeah, I want to be hired, but I'm not going to be here next week. You're like, well, I've got 18 other people that will be here next week. Right. So, yeah. Gone. Yeah. Like, I really think that's it. Yeah, that's fair. Now, you could not mention it, get hired, and then you're still likely to keep the job. You say, oh, I'm so sorry. I have a this next week. Can I go to it? And they'll be like, oh, well, I already hired you into the paperwork, so sure. Yeah. <laughs> but mentioning it then, it's just going to seem like, okay, this person might be a tad flaky. And so if it's a bigger company, a more adult job, quote unquote, if that's what we want to call it. It really shouldn't be an issue, like you were saying. Yeah. But, uh, it might be still, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be. <clears throat> All right. What would be the worst red flag on a first date? Um, a tan line on his left ring finger. Duffel bag full of severed heads. <laughs> okay. Uh, are nasal strips 100% effective in preventing you from snoring? You skipped one. I was going to go back to it. Oh, sorry. So thank no, you for they're ruining not. the illusion. My bad. 
No, they're not. <laughs> no, I they help from experience. They help, but they're not. Yeah, okay. they're not the best. Uh, <laughs> are uh, is it normal for mothers to vent to their kids? Um, normal. Yes. Okay. No. At least in most situations, yeah. Right. Um, and I, I know this from experience because that was something that kind of messed me up as a kid. Mm-hmm. My mom would do that because mm-hmm. my dad would wall himself off from her and she didn't have any place to vent. And she's the kind of person that needs to vent. Um, and she still does that to me today. Uh, but I'm old enough to kind of handle it better. Well, and there is... I'm, I. I only speak from a mother's experience because clearly I'm not a father. And so I don't know the, the feelings or the attachments that you feel as a father towards your children, but mothers feel this attachment to their kids. And so it's almost as if you are a part of me. So you will see things the way that I see it. You will understand. And and that's not true at all. (laughs) Yeah, it's not, it's not, but no, I get that. I think that that's where the, desire comes from, Mm -hmm. but no, it's not okay. And then it's especially not okay if part of that venting is complaining about the dad. Right. Which that's horrible. That's a horrible thing to do. Honestly, or any family member. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Siblings or I, I think the dad is like top tier, but then siblings that also causes for just division. And, you Mm -hmm. know, once they become adults, it's going to be like, well, you don't realize the pain that you caused mom or you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyway, uh, last question. (laughs) Does your booty hole ever build up a spice tolerance? Uh, Because like your, t- your, mouth, your mouth will, right? Over time, you can get used to spicy food to where it doesn't affect you as bad. It may, I mean, I guess it's like a possibility, but I feel like you would have to <laughs> be taking in a lot of spice on a regular basis. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it must uh, over time, or maybe it's a cultural thing, but I mean, like I know in India, they have like based on the food that from the Indians that we've had here, a lot of their stuff is dang spicy. I could not eat most of the stuff they made, but I never, you never hear of any of them complaining about, I don't know that it's your, (laughs) that part of your body that builds up the tolerance as much as it is your stomach, your digestive system that builds up the tolerance. Well, yeah, but there are like spice receptors specifically in like at your exit door. Sure. And oh. so like that, I think that's what they're talking about. Like, cause it's not the same thing throughout your body. Like your gut, yes, is going to have a problem with it. But like, I think specifically the question is, Will it ever stop burning down there like it burns in my mouth? <laughs> Do those okay. ones ever get used to it? <laughs> Here's the thing. I think you've just burned them. <laughs> They're singed. They can feel no more. <laughs> yeah. You know how like you burn your fingertips and yeah. then you don't feel it? So as long as you just keep keep them burned, just keep them burned, you're never going to feel it. So that's how they get rid of it. I think you figured it out. It's not worth it. Science. It's not worth it. Lois figured it out. Unrighteous anger. Does the world know more about what you're against or what you're for? 
Do you find yourself easily offended or understanding that you also are offensive? Do you spend more energy arguing against someone or pausing to listen with the intent to understand? Are you known for being an encourager, someone who strengthens those around them, or do you leave them feeling weakened and exhausted? Life is too short to spend it emotionally drained or draining those around you. Moments are fleeting and unrecoverable. Once an opportunity has passed, there is no making it up. Speak life into those around you. Show Jesus in your actions, in the things you say, and on the stands you make. As you find yourself needing to stand up for truth, remember, above all else, our goal is to love just as God has loved. After all, we can't love God and simultaneously hate his people. To love them, we must know them. To know them, we must choose to understand them. And to understand them, we have to make room for them in our lives and our hearts. I pray as God's chosen people that our own humanity never stands in the way of compassion. I pray that we find ourselves in daily allegiance with the words of James chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Randy and Matt. And I'm Mo. And every week, these four main segments get spread out across four daily morning shows on LTN Radio, and they include a lot more content, including weird news, random facts, games, challenges, ranch, junk food, and more. And you can be a part of all that by following us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash LTN on air, so you'll be notified when we go live. You can even be a part of the show. And make sure you catch our full morning shows every Monday through Thursday on LTNonair.com at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10. This week, we are once again evading, invading, not evading, invading Reddit to answer some pressing questions. Very different things. Today, we are invading the subreddit, am I the... Jerk. I mean, the subreddit's name is the A... Jerk. H word. Um, to, to well judge people. So we're going to use the euphemism or the replacement, uh, am I the jerk... In these stories, uh, so these are these are situations. I don't know how many we'll get through, but I have several here. Situations where like they're presenting you an encounter they had, where there's basically some sort of fight or disagreement, and they're trying to figure out: Am I the one with the problem, or am I in the right here? Okay. Mm-hmm. First up, am I the jerk for not giving up my seat for a friend? <laughs> I am 16, a female, just sat for my physics final this morning. I get there around 20 minutes before it starts, and I find a pretty good seat that's not way up front, but also not in the back. We don't have an exam hall. We just pass in the classrooms. So the teacher can't really see me well. 
I usually sit in this spot because I tend to stress a lot if I'm way up front, but in the back, the teacher's always peering over my shoulder, so sitting in the middle is a good spot. My friend, let's call her Riley, who's also 16 and female, her comes in. Her name is Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> comes in five minutes before the teacher comes over, and she is in distress. Apparently, she forgot to revise an entire chapter. I believe this is a study. An entire chapter, and only found out uh, when she got to the school. She hyster- She's hysterically crying about how she's going to fail and all. Me and a couple friends comfort her, trying to reassure her that she'll be fine. She takes one look at the classroom, sees where I'm sat, and practically demands me to switch seats with her so she can pull out a little cheat sheet that we're not allowed to use at all, and at least trying to make up for it. The spot she was supposed to sit in is right in front of the teacher's desk. I immediately said no and just told her to hope for the best, but I'm not going to risk making stupid mistakes for her to cheat when she was too busy partying to study for the test. She tried to sit, or she tried to just sit in my seat until I gave up, but I just wouldn't let it happen. The exam ended up being all about that one chapter. After the exam, I was waiting for my bus when she, her twin brother, and her best friend walked up to me. She screamed at me and how she's going to fail because she didn't even finish all the questions. And if I wasn't selfish and too scared of ruining my perfect streak of grades in physics, she might have done well. Most of my classmates think I should have given her my seat, but the ones closest to me say otherwise. Am I the jerk? No, you are not the jerk. Your friend is a jerk, and your friend is not your friend. Concur. (laughs) I get it, though. I mean, I get it. I remember being in high school. I remember wanting to help your friends out or, you know, somebody struggling because they forgot to study for this or that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, especially with finals, this is something that you should have taken more seriously. Am I, like, the only person on the planet who, as a teenager, I pretty much had kind of a level head? Yeah, I was dumb, and I did really stupid things. But I don't—I would have never looked at my friend and said, I failed. I did bad on this test because you didn't let me have your seat. No, I failed, and I did bad on the test because I didn't study. Right. Because I made stupid choices. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm not saying that I understand— uh, the girl that failed, I'm saying I understand the struggle between knowing should I have helped her or should I have not. Right. And yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. But yeah. In the end, this was not your responsibility. And uh it was the finals. I mean, you can't you can't you can't solve everybody's problem uh when they're not gonna do their own work. That's right. Especially when they know they should. Yeah. All right. Next. Am I the jerk for being upset over a name? I, 26 female, have been married to my husband, 26 male, for two years, and I am currently 34 weeks pregnant with our first child, a son. My husband had been watching a Japanese animated show called Hunter x Hunter. Uh, He often... He often watched while I was cooking, so I was also watching a little bit with him. There was a character on the show called Illumi. Uh, and I really loved that name and wanted it for my son. But my husband told me I can't name our son after a character from his show. We had a little bit of disagreement, but compromised and decided to name him Lumi, which was a Norse, which has a Norse origin and means light bringer. I loved it even more than uh, 
what I was going to call him before, and I told my family what name we were going to give our baby. My mother thought it was a lovely name and told me that it was better than the first one. I wanted to paint his name on the wall in his nursery, but after writing his name down several times, I decided I wanted to have an I in the name instead of a Y. Thus, his name is now L-U-M-I, Lumi. I got his name put on the wall, on his clothes, have already informed the company that uh, will be making our birth announcement cards about his name. Five days ago, my sister-in-law gave birth to a baby boy, which was an amazing but unfortunate moment for my brother and his wife since they were expecting a baby girl. My brother sent a picture to the family group chat and and I asked what his name was, but he didn't reply back. Two days ago, we went to visit my brother and gift them some baby clothes. When we entered their house, we saw balloons with Lumi, L-U-M-Y, on them. I asked my brother what the meaning of this is. He told me he was really sorry. They didn't have a name for him, so they gave him my baby name. That wasn't uh, that it wasn't a big deal, because we have plenty of time to find a new name for our son. I burst into tears, and he said that it wasn't a big deal. I screamed at him and his wife. I told him some nasty things that he wasn't my brother anymore, and to never contact me again. I left and took the gift basket with me. My family doesn't think it's that big of a deal because it's just a name. I'm overreacting and shouldn't have screamed those things at my brother. Everyone is mad at me for getting upset over a name, except my sister, who completely understands what I'm going through now. Am I the jerk? Yes and no. Yeah, I'm right there too. (laughs) You are 100% valid in being upset. Mm -hmm. And yeah, your brother is a jerk for essentially stealing your baby name. And not giving credit to the feelings that that might bring up in you. Absolutely. However, your response... (laughs) was very jerky (laughs) your reaction in the moment was jerky um though understandable i feel um parts of it are understandable yes but to tell your brother and here's the thing i don't know you i don't know the family history maybe this was the straw that broke the camel's back it's possible but i i have four brothers and i don't think that even with the ones that I don't really care for all that much that I would say you are no longer my brother because you stole my baby's name. Mm-hmm. That, that is a bit of an overreaction. Bit, bit far, bit yeah. over the line, mm-hmm. but still as for being upset, the reasoning very valid. Absolutely. Yeah. But I would say continue with naming your son Lumi. Lumi L- with an I. Yeah. L U M I. Why not? Do it. Here's the thing. Kids end up getting called different names once they're born, and we, like, come up with nicknames for them anyway. So mm-hmm. the likelihood that it'll be awkward and weird at family get-togethers. Just call is... his kid Lou every time you see him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you start doing it, it, then everybody else will, too. So why not? It's kind of a jerky backhanded move, but it's funny. Um, <laughs> Look, everybody, it's Lou. Hi, Lou. Hi, Lou. Don't you love the name oh, Lou? Lou? What a great You're nickname. So everybody call him Lou. Isn't he sweet? Lou is the Lou. sweetest. All right, here we go. Mm-hmm. Am I the jerk for telling my girlfriend her behavior was embarrassing in the movie theater? 
My girlfriend, 25, and I, 25, decided to go to a movie theater with her friend tagging along to watch some new releases. When I go there and the movie starts, my girlfriend and her friend are obnoxiously loud, literally talking, laughing loudly, and then for some reason taking pictures with the flash on. Her friend told her that she saw some portions of the movie and started to spoil scenes that she had already watched. I quietly told them that they needed to quiet down as they have to be considerate of others that actually want to watch the movie. My girlfriend made a huge scene about it, telling me that she doesn't care what others want and that if they wanted to watch a movie, they should have stayed at home and not come to a public place. I told her that this was a movie theater, not a restaurant or a bar, and that if she and her friend wanted to talk to each other and spoil movies, they could just text instead of talking so loud to the point where you can barely hear the movie. Eventually, one of the people that worked there told us that we were making a huge disturbance and asked us to leave. Mind you, they had already given us a warning prior. I was ticked, to say the least. When we left, we went home. My girlfriend told me to lighten up because it was just a dumb movie and that we could just find a different theater another day. And I told her the whole thing was just awkward and it was very embarrassing how she acted in there. She told me that she felt hurt that I said that I was embarrassed because of her and that she didn't appreciate me basically telling her to shut up. Am I the jerk? No. Absolutely not. No. Also, dump that girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think this is probably one of the biggest things in relationships that uh, causes for arguments, but it just blows my mind when one person <laughs> is saying, I feel this way, these are my feelings, and they're valid, and then the other person goes, I don't care about your feelings, your feelings have now made me feel this way, and my feelings are more important. Mm -hmm. It drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh -huh. But obviously, she's like that for any situation. I don't care if this is a movie theater if people yes. came to watch the movie. I'm going to have a good time. <laughs> I'm going to take pictures of the flash on. That's a cardinal sin in a movie theater. By the way. <laughs> I actually had a group of second graders when we were the last day of specials and we were watching the movie. I Before I started the movie, I said, are we going to talk during this movie? I asked a whole bunch of questions, but one of them was, are we going to talk during this movie? No. Are we going to get up and run around during this movie? And I had a group of little boys that were like, yes. You know, they said it under their breath. And I was like, do we talk in a movie theater? Do we get up and run around in a movie theater? And that same group of boys is like, yes. And it took everything in me to not look at them and go, and you don't belong in a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness there gracious. There are rules. There are rules for a reason. Mm -hmm. All right. Am I the jerk for calling out my mother-in-law's lies and making her admit what she said in front of her husband and family? Here we go. Mother-in-law's family likes to treat me like absolute crap for keeping her grandkids from her. In reality, mother-in-law is welcome to visit but doesn't want to because she would have to stay in a hotel. She chooses to never video chat or call, so she only she's only seen my five-year-old once and never met my three-year-old until now. Mother-in-law also doesn't invite us to visit because she claims her husband doesn't want us in their house. I always thought that made him sound like a controlling uh, D-bag, but whatever. We are currently in her state for a wedding. Recently, I got crap from my mother-in-law's dad about how it isn't right and we should come and see her. I replied that we aren't invited as her husband doesn't want us in the house. Well, mother-in-law's dad is a gossip, so that got around to the whole family, and mother-in-law's husband was ticked and said he never uh, said he never said that. Mother-in-law said it might be a misunderstanding, and we should let it go. Mm -hmm. 
At this point, I realized she had lied about something. I said it wasn't a misunderstanding on my end. I had certainly heard her say it. Mother-in-law's husband snapped at me that while he would enjoy us visiting, he would never be controlling like that with his wife's son. Mother-in-law again said, let's move on. I refused and said, she had told me that. So right now she needs to explain. Mother-in-law finally admitted that he never actually said it, but she knew how much he would hate having us in his house, and it made her sad, so she didn't want to invite us. She then got some crap from the family about being a bad mom and lying. Mother-in-law is currently furious with me. She said I should have let her change the subject, that I made her look bad, and that I, and that I took what she said too literally. Am I the jerk? No. <laughs> Yeah, um, I I don't understand, and I come from a family where this is prevalent. I don't understand the need to make pointless lies that don't accomplish anything. Um, all of my family, all of my family, all of my family was like that. Like... For no reason, just even to just avoid a two second conversation or having to explain what they meant or anything, they would just lie to um, not be a bad guy. Like if I want to say, you know, as a kid, I wanted to go to the park and they didn't want to go to the park. I said, oh, park's closed. Mm. Why not? Just, um, you can not lie. You can just say, I don't know. We're not, we're not, I'm not up for that today. We can do it another day. Mm. You know, you don't have to make it a lie, but she didn't want, you know, my mom didn't want to look like a villain. My dad didn't want to look, you know, like they were saying no to me. Like, oh, we can't. Sorry. Dumb old city. Close the park. You know, little things like that. Mm. My whole life to the point where I could start to spot them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Like even, even today. Occasionally, my mother will tell a lie. I'm like, I know that's a lie. Why are you saying that? You know, it's not a lie. I would never. And like you always for <laughs> your whole life. <laughs> and I specifically know that that is a lie because you told me the opposite yesterday. Like, why can't you just tell me you didn't want to go to that place? Or why couldn't you just tell me that, you know, he you know, my brother didn't call or anything. Why? Why is Why are you building things up? One way or another, for no reason whatsoever, mm. she constantly forgets what she's talking about and tells me and my wife two separate different things mm. that will not coalesce into one thing. Like, mm. it's obviously one of us is being lied to. And I don't think she, I think she's done it so long and has been a part of a family that's done it so long. She doesn't even realize she's doing it. Right. It's, it's out it's of habit. It's her nature at yeah. this point. Yeah. Like, I don't understand in this situation, you know, it, it seems like the mother-in-law was trying to, you know, make an excuse of, well, you know, let me come down there and stay with you or whatever. Cause you can't come up here because my husband won't let you in the house. You know, or some some excuse as to why this couldn't happen. When you could have very easily said, hey, would it be okay if I come stay with you and so that I can have a relationship with the kids? And when it's, well, what if we come stay with you? Yeah, that's an option, but I need for you to know that 
Tim doesn't feel 100% comfortable. It's not something that he is super excited about, so it might make it for an awkward situation. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, then in that case, right. yes, Mom. Just be honest. Absolutely. That might have been slightly more uncomfortable in the moment, but that would have saved you from this very uncomfortable moment. Yeah. A couple years later. Yeah. Lies always come back around to bite you in the butt somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the things in the Bible about everything that's in the dark will be brought out to the light. Yeah. That's kind of what it's talking about. Mm-hmm. There ain't going to be no secrets. There's no secrets from God. Eventually, all your dirty laundry will be aired out. So maybe make less dirty laundry. Mm-hmm. He says knowing that he's just as much of a problem as anybody else. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, let's see here. How long have we been going? Let's do one more. I think we only have one more. No, we have two. Oh. I'm going to skip the big one. Oh, okay. All right, last one. Am I the jerk for objecting at my sister's wedding? Okay. <laughs> my uh, sister, 23 female, got engaged... Um, I'm sorry, me, 23 uh, female. My sister, 27 female, got engaged about two years ago. I don't hate her. We were never the closest of sisters due to our age difference, but we didn't hate each other. Her fiancé, now husband, is a great man. I am happy. I'm really happy for them. So fast forward to the wedding ceremony when the priest finally said the are there any objections thing. I stood up and said, I object, long pause, because this couple is way too cute for each other. I really just said it as a joke. I thought it was something we could all laugh about at the reception. But I could visibly see the color drain out of my sister's face the moment I stood up. After I finished my little joke, I didn't really get any laughs. My sister looked away, pretending that she didn't care, but I knew she probably did. I sat down, and the ceremony continued. At reception, I went to my sister and congratulated her, but she she absolutely blew up. She told me my joke wasn't funny and that I ruined her mood, her happiness, and her special day. I was shocked. It literally wasn't even that big of a deal. I was joking, not actually actually objecting. I argued back with those points and she just walked away from me. This morning I woke up with tons of notifications from my family members saying that I'm a jerk for doing that, but I think everyone's just overreacting. It was truly just a joke. So am I the jerk? Yes. 100%. You are the jerk. Yeah. I mean, I can see the desire to want to make a funny sure, moment. Sure, you can see the desire to want to make a funny moment, a but bad... your self-control and your better judgment would ca- would keep you from doing it. Absolutely. Because you would think the situation through and you would go, <laughs> you know what? That could be funny, but it could also go really wrong. And here's something, here's something that I tell my kids about <laughs> jokes. It's something that I've taught my boys since they were very little because they have, they're very close in age. Uh-huh. A joke is something that people laugh at. A joke is never done maliciously. A joke is never done in a way that could end up making someone else the butt of the joke. That's not a joke. That's poking fun. That's being mean. That's not funny. Teasing. Uh Uh-huh. Essentially, essentially, it's being a bully. (laughs) Essentially. (laughs) Essentially, it's being a bully. Um, and so that's something that I've had to teach my own voice because we all kind of have that nature inside of us to be kind of a mean joke and think it's going to come out as something funny. Everybody's going to think it's hilarious, but even if one person doesn't think it's hilarious, it's not a joke. 
And that's something you have to think things through. You have to take that moment. Her long pause should have been before she said, I object. Her long pause (laughs) should have been, should I do this? How could this go? Play it out (laughs) in your head. Take all the scenarios Uh, and then decide, is it worth it? I think there are too many people that still do think that through, but only think of the fact that, yeah, this is going to be freaking hilarious. This whole place is going to start rolling in laughter. And they're jerks. (laughs) And that's the Michael Scott character on The Office. They're (laughs) jerks. To me, this screams Uh, that she was having like an inferior complex in mm, that moment. Her sister was the center of attention. Uh huh. It was her wedding day and she somehow needed the attention on her. And I think there is a place for mean jokes, but only with people that you're extremely close with. And you're clearly not extremely close with the sister. You said so. You yourself. said so. Yeah. You don't hate each other, but you're not really close. Yeah. Like, you got to earn the right for mean jokes. <laughs> you got to earn that friendship or that relationship. Like, uh, Mo and I. <laughs> well, and even, it's funny because... We've said this before. You and I don't even mean joke with each other very often. Not 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 harsh anyway. No, yeah. you and Hillary. Me and Hillary mean joke, mean joke. And it gets to the point where when I hear these mean jokes, I get very defensive of you. Mm-hmm. Like to the point where I'm like, she better watch herself. <laughs> I'm going to fight somebody. But I know that that's just the relationship that the two of you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, John, her husband, and he was my friend before he met her. It's just constantly in the middle going, will you guys please just stop? One day, one or, <laughs> one of you are going to say something that really hurts the other one's feelings, and I'm going to be torn. I understand that feeling. <laughs> I get it. Like He's known you longer. We, You've been his friend, but that's moved, his wife. We've moved, we've moved slightly closer to just like... Um, Neg negative comments. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, negative compliments. Okay. So instead of insults, it's more like, you don't look awful today. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) When when your Celebrate Uh, Recovery closed down mm -hmm. and we came, Cipriano and I came to that night. Yeah. The last Celebrate Recovery night. And Hillary got up and said a few words about you the whole time. I was like, she better not say anything negative. She better not say anything negative. Now is not the time. Now is not the place. She better not say anything negative. If she says something negative, I'm going to end up saying something. <laughs> it was It was bad. It it was really bad. Yeah, and she didn't. She, she didn't. Said some I of the was most very complimentary I know. things she's ever said to it me. It was actually one of those times where she sat down and I was like, Lord, are you coming back? <laughs> is, is this the day that it happened? I forced her to hug me. Yes, I you was did. so touched. Wow. <laughs> anyway, it, so all of that to say, it also depends on hmm. the people, yeah, the person, the relationship, the history. Not even the best of friends can speak <laughs> negatively to each other. I would deck uh. you in your face if you had objected at my wedding. <laughs> Got it? Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So this past weekend, I'm at a Comic-Con 
in Myrtle Beach, and it's the first time I've been at this con in a long while. It actually shut down about three years before COVID, so I was super pumped when they booted back up, and also because the showrunners actually came and found me months ago and asked me to come to Geek Church. So, really excited to be there. I didn't make a big deal out of it. I wasn't sure if I was going to get to go and actually have my booth because of Wizard of Oz rehearsal. I'm doing a play. And so I didn't really advertise it. And so I get there Sunday morning. I set my booth up. I get ready to do my church service. And I just sit down at my booth for a second to take a breath. And then as I'm enjoying the moderate quiet before the the show floor opens, I hear a very loud voice. Hey! It's the comic book pastor guy. And there's a photographer that I know from the con world. And he brings a model over to my booth who's cosplaying that he was doing photos of. He says, hey, let me introduce you. This is the comic book pastor guy. He tells people about Jesus and he likes nerdy stuff. And, you know, he was not using his like inside voice. He was very much being loud to the point that like all the other booths around were like turning and looking. And I was like, hey, good to see you. And then, you know, he went on about his way. And it reminded me of this story in Acts 16, if you like beginning of verse 16, where it's just talking about that there's a girl with divination who like made money fortune telling. And she runs up on Paul and Silas. And verse 17 says, the girl followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. Now, that was really cool that she spotted that and you know, proclaimed it to everybody, but she also really got on Paul's nerves. And you can read how that story played out. But the idea was that she saw something in what they were doing and she told everybody about it. Um, so here's my question to you, just kind of a self-examination thing. If people were to look at what you are doing in your life, and proclaim it to the world, what would it be? What would be the identifying thing that if people looked at you, what could they identify that you are doing in and for and with the kingdom of God? Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. This week in Nerd History, unlock the power Nerd history. of your favorite video games, that is. This was the slogan of the Game Genie, a cheating devi- er, video game enhancer that, when plugged in along with your Nintendo cartridges in the early 90s, allowed you to unlock special modes and abilities. Common ones were jumping higher, infinite lives, invincibility, infinite ammo, and unlocking all characters and levels. The Game Genie worked on a simple principle. The player would put the NES cartridge into the Game Genie and then slip the Game Genie into the NES. This meant that the Game Genie was now sitting between the cartridge and the NES, where it was able to intercept and alter data exchange between the two. For example, if you died in an NES game, the chips in the cartridge game would take a life off and send a signal to the NES saying that you now had four lives instead of five. 
However, the Game Genie could intercept that and pass along that you still had five lives, giving you unlimited lives. This process was done through a series of codes that the user would enter upon starting the system. The codes were available inside a code book that came with the Game Genie and through a subscription to a special publication for updated codes. The codes themselves were only temporary and didn't modify the game permanently. Once you switched off the system, you'd have to re-enter the codes if you wanted the same effects. Also, if you removed the Game Genie, the game would return to normal. Despite this, Nintendo wasn't happy about the prospect of players modifying games and took legal action against Gloob, the toy company selling the product in the U.S., and set the stage for a copyright showdown starting on June 3, 1990. According to Nintendo, the Game Genie was an infringement on Nintendo's products, namely because, according to Nintendo, the Game Genie created a derivative work of the original game, many of which were also made by Nintendo. However, while the images and games were clearly copyrighted, the court took issue with the idea the Game Genie created a derivative work. The court found that for a derivative work to be created, it had to both incorporate the original work in a concrete and permanent form, and it had to be able to stand alone. Neither of these were true for the Game Genie. The Game Genie required the original work to function and thus could not replace it. Furthermore, since the codes were temporary, there was no concrete or permanent incorporation. The court also found that the use of the Game Genie by customers was a fair use, since players were using the Game Genie for their personal enjoyment and there was no proof of economic harm to Nintendo. The court ruled in favor of Galoob there as well. These findings were appealed by Nintendo to the Ninth Circuit, but in 1992, the court upheld the district court ruling, paving the way for the Game Genie, as well as the Game Shark, Action Replay, and other similar devices to be sold freely in the U.S. even to this day. I'm Radio Matt. See you next time for more Nerd History. to the Back Row Morning Show. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. There's a lot going on in our Discord, backrowdiscord.com, where you get to chat after the show, share your own show ideas, keep up to date with our Twitch and YouTube, be a part of our radio shows, and also see the behind-the-scenes workings of Back Row Games, including Sunday School Answers. Again, go to backrowdiscord.com to join. This week, we are once again invading Reddit to answer some pressing questions. Today, we invade the subreddit, Ask Reddit, to, well, answer everything. All right. So first up, what is something Gen Z isn't ready to hear? Uh, Dial-up internet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, here's another one. The busy signal. (laughs) Oh, man. Do you want me to do that one, too? Yeah. That was so annoying when you really had to get a hold of somebody. Get off the phone! It was an emergency. (laughs) Yes. And the only thing you could do was just keep calling. Keep calling. The number you have dialed. Shut up! Um, But... (laughs) I like my answers. I don't, I don't care what you say. Question, not quite the question, I don't think. That's... Uh, something Gen Z isn't ready to hear. Um, that's a good question. I, I, and I you get two very acceptable answers. answers. <laughs> I'm not going to dive any deeper into it. That's a good question and good answers. All right. Thank you. What did you find out about one of your loved ones after they passed away? 
you find out anything about your loved ones after they passed away? Um, doesn't have to be scandalous. Could no, be something nice. I really, the only thing that I think I found out, my mother-in-law would keep stashes of money in different places around her bedroom. That's fun. So it actually was kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a scavenger hunt. Uh-huh. Um, she did this because my father-in-law was a spender. And oh, so she was protecting yes. the money. Yes. I see. Very okay. much so. Um, yeah. So I think Chris, after she passed away and we were trying to find a pair of shoes for her to to be buried in. Um, he went underneath her bed, found an old purse, and inside that purse found $700. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh-huh. All right. I still am kind of kicking myself because I told him, I was like, no, you need to give that to your dad. <laughs> uh, so mine is very similar. Yeah. Uh, we found out when my dad passed away that he had saved up $300,000. <gasps> In a bank account nobody knew about for my mom when he was gone because she is a big spender. And he knew that if he had kept that in a normal bank or a normal savings account, it would have been gone. Huh. Yeah. Huh. And so. Can I have just a little bit? <laughs> and so because uh, we've convinced my mom to put that in like a, uh, a low risk Edward Jones thing, she still has. It's been several years. She still has over three hundred thousand dollars, despite being very terrible with her money. Uh, <laughs> since this has happened still. So your parents never had a daughter. <laughs> I I we've already said that I'm like your sister. Just a little. That's all. And uh, no. I so here is something sad that I found out about my grandmother when she passed away. When my grandfather passed away, we all found out there are four grandchildren. Myself, my brother, my sister, and then we have a cousin. Mm. Okay. And my grandfather was always very wise with his money invested, put money away. It was just something that he was very, um, not just wise with, but. It was kind of a passion okay. yeah. of his. Um, and he had taken out, they're called CDs, right? Yes. He had taken out CDs for each one of us that after 18 years, it was done when my sister was born. So I had just turned 18. And when my sister turned 18, those were supposed to mature. And we were all supposed to have right around a million dollars each. Mm-hmm. My grandfather passed away. Uh-huh. My grandmother gets remarried. Uh-huh. And those CDs were no longer a thing. When she got remarried, we're not entirely sure what happened. We don't know how they were moved out of our names into her and her husband's her new husband's name. And we didn't find that out until after she passed away because she passed away uh, about a year and a half ago, and my sister was just about to turn 18. And so they were getting ready to mature. And so my cousin and I were asking about it, trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. <laughs> yes. I'm slightly bitter about that. Holy cow. Yeah. 
That's painful to hear. Incredibly. Oh, man. Yep. Okay, let's move on from that. <laughs> what do you miss about being a kid? Everything. Yeah, a lot of things. Everything. Um, fruit by the foot. <laughs> that still exists. You could still eat it. Yeah, but like there's something. It's not the same. Yeah. yeah I agree. I yeah. I one from the youth the other day. I don't know what it is. Uh, <laughs> I miss, I honestly miss like... TV shows at a specific time, like having to be in front of the TV I agree. to watch a specific thing I and agree. everybody in the country is watching it at the same time. Yes. I miss that. There I was, agree. There was some sort of weird camaraderie with TGIF. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Step by step. I came in a little after your step day. by step. I, I was, my TGIF was Fresh Prince, Family Matters, Sister, Sister. And Boy Meets World. Mm. Sister. And that was. Sister. The best. Never or Snick. Did you ever watch Snick uh-huh. every Saturday night? Snick. Although All I also miss. Roundhouse. Stick Stickly. Keenan and Kel. What? I just miss the TV of when we were kids. Right. <laughs> I mean, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Legends of the Hidden Temple. I know. Guts. Wild and Crazy Kids. Wild and Crazy Kids. Oh, Rugrats. Hey, Arnold. Mm-hmm. Loved them all. Yep. Except for Ren and Stimpy. I didn't care for Ren and Stimpy. Oh, see, so Ren and Stimpy. Rocco's modern life. Rocco's modern life. life. (laughs) Uh, Ren and Stimpy was like, I think that was my first taste at having something on in the background while doing other things. Yeah. Like, it had a few things that I liked. Yeah. A few jokes that were funny. Mm-hmm. Board game called Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence. Loved it. Yeah. Thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Powdered Toast Man. Fantastic character, but most of the stuff just like this is gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what song really needs to be turned up to eleven for you? So I assume that means like loud. Yeah. Okay. Right now it's Kelly Clarkson's "Broken but Beautiful." Uh-huh. Okay. 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 So that's like a soft, like not a soft, but that's not like a party song, right? No, it's not really a more party like a, song. More like no. a self, uh, self uh, affirmation, affirmation anthem. Kind of, yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with "Guards" by Lael, L A E L. Very not well known Christian artist, but. The song Guards is just, a, it's a straight freaking love song bop, and singing it at the top of my lungs is one of my favorite things right now. Yeah. It's such That's a good song. That's how I song. feel about Broken But Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I was singing it earlier today, actually. Uh, also, uh, School's <sighs> Out for Summer. Get out of here. <laughs> What's the biggest waste of money? Oh. Uh. Buying individually packaged items of things that you don't really need to have them individually packaged. Like, I understand the appeal of having individual portioned potato chips and then individual bags, but it's so much more expensive for so much less potato chips than just buying a bag and putting them in some Ziplocs. Fair. I don't know if that's the biggest waste of money, but it is a waste of money. You're paying for convenience. And that's not always a bad thing, but sometimes it is. 
Hmm. <laughs> 95% of the time, the warranty. Yeah. Or even like car insurance for um, rental cars. Yeah. Your credit card will cover it all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But I go I go too far. I buy that insurance that's like I could bring this back in a fiery heap and you're not gonna charge me a dime. Yeah. So I can just treat it however I want. That's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Ninety five percent of the time buying the extended warranty on anything is just a waste of money. Hot However garbage. we bought a hot tub last year and that daggone thing. I told Chris from the beginning, we're getting the warranty. And he's like Dave Ramsey says it's a waste of money. <laughs> and I'm like, Dave Ramsey isn't always 100% accurate. How dare you? Here's the thing. <laughs> when it comes to something that we have no experience on repairing, that has a good chance of needing repairs regularly, yeah. buy the warranty. Yeah. We yeah. have had to have that stupid thing fixed four times in the last year. Wow. It's nuts. And right now it doesn't even currently work because there's a part, there's a pipe that is, it's been missing since we've had it, which has been the problem all four times, but they just recently <laughs> figured that out. And that small pipe is on back order and has been for the last two months. Oh, geez. Uh-huh. So, but you know, that's not coming out of our pocket because we actually <laughs> bought the warranty for this. Uh, what is a strange but legal addiction? Strange but legal. <sighs> that's a hard question to answer. Off the top of the back, like buying things, but that's not so but much it's not strange. strange. Um, <laughs> I'm just thinking of jokes uh, from like those confessional jokes. Like sometimes I like to dress up like a like a blue jay and go sit on my neighbor's tree. You know, like it's. The priest is like, yeah, again, Phil, it's it's weird, but it's not technically a sin. <laughs> Strange but legal addiction. Uh, okay, like swingers. No, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> gross. <laughs> Didn't think we were going that direction I, at all. I couldn't think of anything My. like. Gracious. It's strange. <laughs> but it's legal. Taking, I'm pretty sure they'd say it's an addiction. Taking a full plate of bacon at the Continental Breakfast, even if that means there's not enough bacon for everybody else. It's an addiction, but it's legal. Because I can put whatever I want on that plate. Mine's better. What's the next uh, well, question? Well, it depends on your lifestyle, <laughs> I think. Uh, what are your thoughts on discussing marriage before proposing? I think it's smart. It's, it'd be stupid not to. Exactly. You should never ask you that question propose. if you don't know the answer. Yes, guys. <laughs> and on. even then, you really, really, really need to be sure. Because yeah. we've seen that happen yeah. where they thought they knew the answer. But and they, they were didn't. wrong. <laughs> 
And it, it all should, works out in the end. It should honestly be something that you have discussed so much that it is a foregone conclusion that you are getting married. In fact, you can even plan the date before the proposal happens. Sure. As long as it's in the future, long enough to give the man the opportunity to finally do that. Absolutely. It's tradition and a memory. But yep. yeah, mm-hmm. honestly, best choice of action right there. What do you think of going to a retirement home when you're old? I honestly, depending on the retirement home, I would like it. Exactly my answer. Yeah. I remember going to uh, my grand, my older grandparents that lived in Indianapolis. They lived in a retirement home. And then when my grandpa passed away, my grandmother still lived in that retiring home. It was nice. Yeah. Like the place was great. The food there was great. Yeah. They had activities and all kinds of stuff that even as a kid I enjoyed. Yeah. Like I would love living in a place like that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Love it. Yep. So, yeah. I think it would be really cool to have like almost like a hotel, but it's a retirement home. Essentially, yeah. You know, because you have your own room, your own suite, if you will, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you're in a building with other people that are in the same stage of life as you mm-hmm. and have the same um goals that you have the same interests that you have. And yeah, there's a, there's bingo night or there's whatever. Take yeah. it to ride night. I don't know. Ride night. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I love the idea. Whether, mm-hmm. whether that be me and my wife or if my wife had passed on and it was just me, I'd still love it. Yeah. I think either, either case. For sure. <sighs> All right. Socially awkward people. What are your thoughts when you walk in public? So you're not socially awkward, right? Not so particularly. So I'm, I'm socially awkward. And my thoughts are, I'm the main character of the story and everybody's staring at me. I better look not so weird. And that's never the case. And nobody cares about me. <laughs> but your brain cannot turn off that awkward feeling. And so that's why I try to look cool when I say hi to people. Howdy. And I wound up saying Howdy. <laughs> tip my head like I have a hat on, but I don't. It's fair. <laughs> it's very uncomfortable, which is why most of the time I put my earbuds in and I just ignore everybody. And then if someone's like trying to get my attention, I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I had the music on. I couldn't hear you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, are you optimistic about the future? Why or why not? Yes. Yeah. I'm typically an optimistic person anyway, and I've kind of always lived my life under the mentality of worst case scenario, God comes back. And that's really not a terrible scenario. Mm -hmm. So, and my why is why not? Yeah. I mean, how's it, how's it going to help any, if I'm not optimistic about the future, if Mm -hmm. I'm just dreading everything, then it's just going to, it's going to force life to be awful. Be optimistic. You can be let down, sure, but that doesn't mean that you're always going to be let down. Right. You have good days. Mm-hmm. Things are going to be okay. Yep. God's still in control. We're good. But here's the thing. If you're constantly negative and you're stuck in that negative mindset, then you're never going to have a good day. Absolutely. <sighs> Pardon me. All right. Two more. People who have been in a relationship for a long time, how often do you say I love you to your significant other? Multiple times a day. Yep. Still. Very much before I leave any room or any phone conversation, always. Mm-hmm. Even multiple times throughout a text message in the day, just, hey, love you. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it should be a common thing. Yep. 
Last one. Done for the day. What is the first thing you'll do when you get home? Uh, take off my bra. Take off my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to do it for the Back Row Morning Show. We hope you enjoyed our discussions and hope you'll join us again next week. Remember that we air our full morning shows first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find our full shows and our weekly main podcast by searching The Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review because we want you to, and it'd be helpful. Check out LoveThyNerd.com. It's positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially. As one of the newest staff members of LTN and a part-time nerd culture missionary, I'm looking to build my support team to help this radio station grow and to help my family financially as I pour more focus into all I get to do for LTN. For more information, visit lovethynerd.com slash radiomat. Reach out to me directly uh, if you'd like. Uh, Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. And as always, make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on the book, the twit, the gram, and the talk. Just search for at the back row LTN to connect with us. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus Jesus loves loves you, nerd. nerd.